Welcome to The Roundup, a North Queensland-based podcast with regional content for regional clinicians. I'm Alyssa Hathaway, a GP and family planning clinician and head of JCU's clinical school here in Mackay. This collaborative podcasting project between North Queensland Regional Training Hubs, JCU, and our local regional hospital and health services will bring you a different regionally relevant podcast each fortnight. Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands where we meet today, who were the original providers of healthcare in this region. In today's episode, we're talking about rapid access bowel screening with Associate Professor Guy Hingston, a surgeon in Mackay working both privately and publicly. Welcome, Guy. Thanks, Alyssa. Thanks for joining us to talk about bowel cancer screening. Um, I know it's something you're incredibly passionate about. Did you want to kick off by talking about bowel cancer in Australia generally? Absolutely. Um, bowel cancer is the second leading cause of death, cancer death in Australia behind lung cancer. So it's very common disease. It affects a lot of people. Uh, and the surprising thing about bowel cancer is it's very preventable. Uh, there's now some studies showing 50 to 66% reduction in death rate from bowel cancer with adequate screening. So, so across Australia today, uh, if, we can, if we can roll out screening programs and uh, screening fecal occult blood testing, screening colonoscopy, and all these things that are shown to reduce the death rate, then we can make a significant difference. 4,000 Australians die each year from bowel cancer. So imagine the, the percentage reduction in that if we could get enough screening across the entire eligible population. And in Australia, we're quite good at screening, aren't we? Certainly cervical screening has almost eliminated deaths from cervical cancer and mammograms have really revolutionised our early intervention into breast cancer. Um, I understand bowel cancer hasn't been as enthusiastically adopted over the last few years, though, as those other interventions? So I think that's a fair comment. Um, cervical cancer has definitely played a huge role. Uh, 20 years ago, 400 women were dying each year from cervical cancer, and now it's a lot less than 200. So we, we've made a, a, a really good dent in cervical cancer mortality with with screening. Um, breast cancer screening, yes, a great uptake now. We'd still want more, of course, but we're looking at about, I think it's about 65% across the board uh, when you include both public and private uh, breast screening modalities. Um, bowel cancer, though, as the, as the newbie on the bench here, um, really still lagging way behind at about 40% participation across Australia. Some states do better. Some are up at about 45 46%, and some are down at 35 36%. But on average, around 40% of eligible Australians are participating in bowel cancer screening program, which means around 60% of eligible Australians, when they receive the kit in the mail, uh, they're they're not they're not doing it. Now this has been been a work in progress, obviously across Australia. In 2006, the Australian government agreed to fund bowel cancer screening, uh, and in 2009, it started with two ages, 55 and 65. 
progressively over the last 12, 13 years, 14 years, uh, they've ramped up to now for the last couple of years, they're offering or they're sending FOB, faecal occult blood testing kits uh, every two years from the age of 50 to 74 when an Australian uh, has, has their even birthday uh, as per their Medicare card and Medicare registration. So that's that's been quite a ramp up over the last 15 or so years. Uh, but still, even now, now that it's fully ramped out at, the, at two yearly from 50 to 74, we're still only seeing 40% uptake. So yes, yes, it is lagging behind Alyssa. And I, and I hope that during this podcast, we can discuss some of the reasons why that is the case. Right. So at the moment, screening is every two years from ages 50 to 74 by a faecal occult blood test that arrives in the post. And only 40% of eligible Australians are participating. That's a really disappointing number. Why do you think that is? Well, I think there's a number of reasons. I think the most the most common reason is the the, the, the non-acceptability of the test. The fact that a, a middle-aged adult has to, after passing a bowel motion, take a small plastic spoon essentially and take some of the poo and put it in a container is just just a bit abhorrent to a lot of people. So I think a lot of people don't want to do that. You, you can do it quite easily without touching the poo, as it were, but, but I think that's the most common reason people just don't want to do it. But there are other reasons as well. I think the second reason that middle-aged Australians aren't keen to do bowel cancer screening is, is a, a lack of understanding of the benefits of the test. So, so we now know through several large randomised prospective control studies across the globe that we can achieve around about 20% reduction in death rate just by faecal occult blood testing. The initial study in 1993 actually showed a 30% reduction in, in death rate from bowel cancer. Um, but around, but, but some of the, the latest studies have, have lessened that number to around 20%. And so uh, I think a lot of people haven't really got it in their head that by doing this bowel cancer screening test, they can actually reduce their individual chances of dying by dying of bowel cancer significantly. And I think that the third most common reason that people don't want to do faecal occult blood testing uh, is that they actually fear that actually the test might come back positive and they might have bowel cancer and they don't know it. And of course, a lot of people just don't want to know. The main reason bowel cancer is so successful as a, as a killer in Australian society is it's it's truly occult. It's it's hidden, and and a lot of people don't know they've got bowel cancer until it's well advanced. Um, but the benefit of bowel cancer screening here for for every twenty or so people who present with a positive faecal occult blood test, only one of them actually has bowel cancer. So if you participate in the screening program and you return a positive test, well you've still only got a 1 in 20 chance of actually having bowel cancer. So I, I don't think people should be afraid that by participating in the testing program that they, they fear that they might have 
bowel cancer. Although, as I say, I think it's a significant reason. So, so just unacceptability of of testing one's own poo, um, a, a lack of understanding about the mortality reduction, and and the genuine fear that actually they could have bowel cancer. I think they're the three main reasons that people don't take up bowel cancer. I think I think working in Mackay, it's again um, shown to me just the, the, the problem with regional and rural Australia and the, the lack of access to testing. And, and I think that's another factor up here outside of metropolitan Australia. It's just logistically harder. I've just travelled around and met a lot of different GPs as we promote this rapid access bowel cancer screening clinic. And uh, again, just the sheer distances involved make if you return a positive test, uh, even though it's all sent in the mail and, 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 and the results are returned, um, you've still got to drive two, three, four, five hours to actually access a colonoscopy. And, and then there's there's all of the palaver surrounding that. So, uh, um, yeah, I think that there are lots of reasons why why people genuinely don't want to do it. But, of course, 40% are doing it, and we hope those numbers will go up. Um, in America, some parts of the USA achieve an 80% community participation in bowel cancer screening. Of course, the Scandinavians, they achieve about a 70% uh, screening participation. So, uh, yes, we're, we're a bit behind the eight ball, but I, I, I remain optimistic that we'll get there with time. Fantastic. So a lot of good reasons why we should be undergoing bowel cancer screening, a few myths busted about why we should not undergo bowel cancer screening. It sounds like education is really what's needed in this area over the next few years to improve screening rates. So Guy, can you talk us through this new rapid access bowel cancer screening, please? Absolutely. So so one of the one of the factors that prevent or, or limit bowel cancer screening is, is just the access issue. Um, you have to get a GP referral, you have to get a go and see a specialist, um, they have to agree to the procedure, you have to have bowel preparation, you have to go and have the test, you've got to go and go and get the results. Um, there's, there's a whole lot of steps in the way and then there's the cost factor, public versus private, uh, logistics, what's available in the area. So I've been in Mackay a year now and I've identified a, a real problem with accessing bowel cancer screening or, or screening colonoscopy for the wider regional, rural and, and remote areas that, that we serve from Mackay. So uh, the Mackay Specialist Day Hospital approached me several months ago and said, well, look, could we could we do something together? And I said, yep, if we can set up a rapid access clinic, then let's go. And we're underway. This week's our first list uh, with some patients on it. And it's uh, it's been an exciting journey to set up, Alyssa, the buzzword here, set up the system that we hope will serve a lot of people uh, in a positive way. So with this new rapid access uh, pathway, uh, we ask patients to see their GPs in the normal fashion and GPs to refer uh, in, in their normal fashion, either via medical objects, email, fax, telephone, whatever. Um, I'll then vet the referrals and then 
one of the team from the Mackay Specialist Day Hospital will then uh, contact the patient and organise their bowel preparation via a local chemist, chemist close to where they live at home, and and organise a date, and then they can come in having their bowel completely prepared, which is one of the limiting factors for this procedure is you do need to have diarrhea for 12 hours to clean out your colon. Um, so that can now be organised remotely, as it were, and then they can come in on the day, have their procedure, be given the, the, the colour printout of everything we find, and we also, on the same day, email the GPs with the, the same operation report. Uh, including the colour photos of of anything that we've seen. Um, the the big benefit about bowel cancer screening is, as I started off by saying, is the ability to prevent bowel cancer or prevent death by bowel cancer. Mm. And and the the main the main way we achieve that, Alyssa, is by removing precancerous polyps. Now, if you imagine a small five millimetre polyp that's growing on the tip of your nose, most people would go and see their GP and arrange to have that removed because they can see it. The problem with bowel cancer is when you have that five millimetre or one centimetre or two or even four centimetre size polyp, you often don't know it's there. In fact, you don't know it's there um, until someone looks in with a colonoscope or someone has a, a fecal occult blood test result which comes back positive and you then have a colonoscopy to, to see these polyps. So by by removing these polyps, we can prevent them turning into cancer and prevent people dying from bowel cancer. So there's a big misconception out there, Alyssa, that the, the way that bowel cancer screening works is by picking up early cancer, like early invasive cancer. So actually, as I said before, only only one in 20 people who have a positive fecal occult blood test have an actual cancer. But up to 10 of 20 people will have pre-malignant polyps. And if we can remove those polyps, as we do, then those people don't go on to develop bowel cancer and don't go on to die from bowel cancer. Hence, we have these amazing statistics got one from a 17-year follow-up study of 200,000 people in the UK, the, the, the famous flexible sigmoidoscopy study, which showed a, a 66% reduction in death rate from, from left-sided bowel cancer. Truly phenomenal finding. Mm. And now in the UK, uh, everyone is offered a, a flexible sigmoidoscopy at the age of 55, as well as fecal occult blood testing from 60 onwards. So that's the UK solution. Um, but just just six weeks ago, the Nordic, the, this is four European countries, they published their long-term colonoscopy versus fecal occult blood, te- blood test bowel cancer screening. And in those people who had a colonoscopy, again, they showed a, a 50% reduction in death rate from bowel cancer at the end mm-hmm. of the trial. And of course, the benefit is ongoing. Um, so there will be an even higher percentage uh, over sure. time. So, mm. so the key thing for rapid access is to get in there with the colonoscope uh, from el- for eligible people and remove the polyps uh, so that they don't turn into cancer 
And one in 20 times, yes, we'll see an early bowel cancer and we can treat it with modern surgery, chemotherapy if required, radiotherapy if required, um, immunotherapy if required. Uh, and and the, the, the actual death rate, even though 4,000 Australians are dying a year from bowel cancer still, um, you'll, you'll be aware that the Australian population is, is continues to increase. And so the actual rate per capita, or the actual death rate for, per capita from bowel cancer has actually halved over the last 20, 30 years with all of these improvements with early detection, um, surgical, medical, and other oncological care. Uh, so the, the rapid access, being able to break down the barriers and 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 enable a greater community participation, uh, I, I think is is really key to access these 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 important uh, healthcare benefits. So the rapid access system will preclude a faecal occult blood test. We're not needing to do that poo test initially and wait for a positive. We're going to be going straight to screening with the flexible sigmoidoscopy or the colonoscopy, which you can then use as your therapeutic and diagnostic procedure as well as your screening procedure. Do I have that right? Great question, Alyssa. So so to, to, to get the significant reduction in death rate from bowel cancer, we need a multimodal approach. So my my strong message to everyone in the community is to participate in the bowel cancer screening program. At age 50, off they go. Every two years, do the test, and if it's positive, come along for a full colonoscopy. But there are other people that might not work for. So uh, Medicare understand this, and they've introduced an item number in the last couple of years, 3227, if listeners want to look at it, where people can have a one-off colonoscopy uh, if, if they're concerned they might have underlying polyps or cancer. So this is, this is only for people who have never had a colonoscopy. Um, so they, they're now able to, to access colonoscopy that way. And yes, you're right, Alyssa, with your question. They can come direct through their GP for a one-off screening colonoscopy, which Medicare will fund um, you know, a proportion of, of, that, the, of that cost. Um, of course, there are lots of other indications for colonoscopy which Medicare fund, positive family history, faecal occult blood testing, rectal bleeding, previous polyps, previous um, uh, significant uh, you know, like large polyps, because because there's different polyp surveillance programs: one year, three years, five years, ten years are the, the four main groups of of surveillance that right. that we provide under Medicare. Uh, and of course, then there's the the genetic syndromes, familial adenomatous polyposis, and Lynch syndrome, and others who need more regular colonoscopy. They're all Medicare funded, and and all of those patients can access uh, their care through a rapid access. Uh, endoscopy uh, clinic like we've now started to provide. Right. So bowel screening is vital. We've made that very clear. Early intervention through polypectomy is vital. We've made that really clear. What do we need to do to actually get our patients to present or to participate in their faecal occult blood test and then to participate in that one-off colonoscopy or regular scopes depending on the category in which they fall? It's a great question, Alyssa. And 
I wish there was a, a magic wand that someone could wave and the whole community yeah. would just, just sort of go and, right, we need to have testing. Um, but, but what we're seeing is, is societal change here. So 1993 was the first time a medical public, publication confirmed the mortality reduction of bowel cancer screening. So up until then, this, this didn't occur. So since 1993, we've had an increase in the number of people uh, having bowel cancer screening, and that increase should continue on. My own personal view is, as it's becoming more and more accepted, that we should be teaching teenagers in preventive health or PDHPE, health and physical education at high school, the benefits of cervical cancer screening, uh, breast cancer screening, bowel cancer screening, blood pressure testing, uh, et cetera, et cetera, as per what the, the College of GPs recommend, recommend in their Red Book. So mm. uh, if we can start teaching teen, teenagers, then by the time they become middle-aged, there'll be a much greater acceptability. Um, but if you look at it from my perspective, perspective, literally when I started colonoscopy 30 years ago, uh, I had to look down the colonoscope. Um, yeah. You know, we didn't have video colonoscopes in those days. And I so remember as those. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Uh, as, as technology improves, as, as education improves, as community improves, then, then I think, you know, we'll, we'll keep getting there. And yes, the recent Medicare change is helpful. I think that the, the change in general practice over the last generation of two or two to have um, age-based uh, screening registers that are publicly funded and the PIP payments from the government, you know, these all help as well. Uh, but I, I think the biggest driver from, from my perspective is educating the community, getting them to present to the GP rather than having the GP chase the patient. I think it's much better to educate the community and say, look, you know, we can halve your chances of dying from bowel cancer now uh, with a one-off colonoscopy. It's, it's such, a, such a good news story. Uh, I, I look at it like this, Alyssa, you have two brothers in a family. One decides to have a colonoscopy and has precancerous polyps removed, dies at 90, 40 years later from something else. The other brother decides not to have bowel cancer screening. The, the pre-malignant polyp that's there then turns into a cancer, spreads throughout the body and can, could take that person out three or four years later. Now, if you stand back and look at those two over you know, a 34-year period, and think that, that's a massive difference. Uh, it really is a massive yeah. difference. We know um, cervical screening, as you said, the numbers of cervical cancer have come right down and the teaching is that the only women who experience cervical cancer now are those who were under-screened, not been screened with a pap smear or cervical screening test as often as they should be, or the never screened. And it sounds like we could hopefully get to that place with bowel cancer screening as well. I just can't imagine a time when 80% of our community would participate in bowel cancer screening like you've um, mentioned happens in some parts of America. Certainly as a GP, I'm always asking people how much alcohol they drink, whether they smoke, is their mammogram up to date? Is their cervical screen up to date? Is their bowel cancer screening up to date? And people will say to me, oh, yes, I received a kit in the mail. I wonder where I put it. 
it's somewhere. I'll have to find it. Yes. I say, <laughs> why don't you do that? Let's do that tomorrow morning. Pop it in the bathroom so it's ready to go. But those simple reminders and regular reminders can start to um, affect some change in our community. So Associate Professor Guy Hingston, what would be the take-home message about rapid access screening that all of our listeners should be really mindful of? Well, I think the take-home message is there's a genuine shift in the, the community to try and break down the barriers, to try and make it easier for people to to get colonoscopy. Um, and I, I'm hopeful that by visiting all the, the GPs in our community and, and providing this service, that people will find it easier, that, that we less barriers. Um, and, you know, at, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just one person in an operating theatre doing what I do. Uh, but if, if through a rapid access, we can break down community barriers and get more and more people uh, through screening or through colonoscopy, then I, then I think that's a, that's a positive community message. Of course, Alyssa, you must understand that I feel guilty as a specialist. I feel guilty because I I know all of this information. I keep my finger on the pulse on the latest data, and I know the 50 to 66% reduction in death rate from bowel cancer with us. So, of course, when I turned 50, I asked one of my colleagues to do a screening colonoscopy. So, listen, my big problem now is if it's good enough for Guy, why shouldn't it be good enough for the rest of the community? You know, what is Guy Hingston doing to help the rest of the community when he's looking after himself in this way? So, so that's where I'm coming from with a rapid access program, trying to get, trying to break down the barriers to facilitate this, to make it as cheap as possible, as affordable, as as, as with the least logistic problems as possible. Uh, so that people can go through it and and receive the you know really significant life lifelong benefits from from either polypectomy or picking up bowel cancer early. Yeah, it's not a difficult message to sell, is it? Hopefully, with um, this podcast, with your rapid access program, with improved education across all of our community, starting with young people, as you mentioned, we can actually start to affect some change and reduce some of those health inequities. Associate Professor Guy Hingston, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about the Rapid Access Bowel Screening Program. My pleasure, Alyssa. All the best. For more information about the Roundup or to share your feedback and ideas for future episodes, visit nqrth.edu.au forward slash roundup hyphen podcast or contact us at nqrth.mackay at jcu.edu.au. We also want to advise that the views and opinions presented in this podcast are those of the speaker only and do not represent the views and opinions of James Cook University, Northern Queensland Regional Training Hubs or Queensland Health. The content supplied in this podcast is not intended as medical advice and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Northern Queensland Regional Training Hubs is an initiative of the Australian Government's Integrated Rural Training Pipeline and is facilitated by James Cook University in partnership with public and private hospitals, Queensland Aboriginal and Islander Health Council, Health Services, Aboriginal community controlled health organisations and general practice clinics.